Hello, farm friends. Welcome into another edition of our Farm Friends Pen Care Total Office podcast. My name is Graham Cadell, and it's good to yet have you back here for another week of exciting conversation. We do each and every week with the folks with the Chamber of Commerce. We appreciate the support of Pen Care Total Office and David Pennell for their support. And I think you'll find today's topic rather interesting. We will introduce our guest right after this word from our sponsor that makes it possible. And also, we appreciate the uh, Chamber of Commerce, for their support as well. But here's the message from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Are you using Pencare Total Office for your office supplies and office furniture needs? Many businesses in Ash and surrounding counties are already taking advantage of their great products and services. Pencare is an approved HP, Brother, Canon, and Epson ink and toner supplier. They offer free local delivery and easy online ordering for all your office and janitorial needs. They're also on NC State contract for government and state agencies. Give Pencare a call today at 336-990-0774 or visit them at pencarellc.com or Facebook. From the break room to the boardroom, Pencare Total Office totally has it all. All right. Yes, they do. And again, a big shout out there to David Pennell and his staff. Uh, we appreciate your support of our Pencare Total Office podcast and also, as mentioned, the Chamber of Commerce. Well, today we're going to talk about a little, uh, I like to call it good charity in our uh, county here in the surrounding high country. And we're talking with folks from the Salvation Army. And uh, that's none other than David Repass. Let me try that again. That's David Repass. Yes, indeed. It helps to turn on the mic. All right. <laughs> Thank you, David. Uh, David Repass here. He is a Corps officer with the Salvation Army in the uh, greater Hickory area in the high country. Have I got that right? That is correct. All right. Well, uh, David made the drive up today. By the time folks hear this, uh, of course, it runs a week behind, but they'll say, yeah, that was a good week last week when he drove up there. <laughs> so we had a real nice day. So I'm glad we could help deliver some of the weather. But David, welcome here to uh, to the farm and welcome to the high country. And uh you guys, my goodness, I don't even know where to begin with the Salvation Army. You do so many wonderful things. And I know here locally, right in our own community, these guys and gals that work here, uh, just wonderful people. But uh, I guess, could we do a little history on you first? Tell people about yourself. Sure. Well, as I mentioned, my wife and I have uh, just recently, in the last couple of months, uh, made it to Hickory. Uh, we have been... Uh, Working with the Salvation Army for a number of years, we actually just now came from Atlanta, so thank you for rescuing us. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. But we are certainly glad to be here now and beginning to learn about what the Salvation Army is doing in this area. But uh-huh. uh, we had served with the Salvation Army in other places. Um, we were previously from Atlanta. We had been in Conway, South Carolina. We lived in Aiken, South Carolina. We've been in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Right. Uh, so a few other places around the Carolinas we've seen. <laughs> All right. So um, just... How many years then, as we speak, for yourself and your wife? With twenty-four years. Now. Twenty-four years. I might have missed that. You might have said that a while ago, and I apologize. But wow, that's quite a quite a tutelage, as they say. <laughs> quite a quite a run. Now, you you said, did I understand you say to say correctly? Your parents were involved, right? My parents, yes, are Salvation Army officers as well. Okay, they're retired now, but most of their years of service actually happened in South America. Okay. So they did serve a little bit of time here in the United States, but most of their years were spent in the southern parts of South America, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, Bolivia, Chile, so a lot of those places. Okay. So I just got to ask you right off the cuff, uh, 
Why the Salvation Army? What draws you or what drew you to the Salvation Army aside from your parents being involved? Is it just a natural response? or? Well, of course, the Salvation Army, and this is something that maybe not everybody understands, we really are a religious movement. Okay. It began, uh, was begun by a, a, a Methodist minister. Mm-hmm. And he really didn't intend to start the Salvation Army, but he was just seeing that as he was going to church, there were a lot of people in the streets of London that you know weren't going to church and he tried, of course, to reach out to them and kind of express to them, you know, what what church was all about. Certainly, you know, message of God's love. Yeah. But they apparently weren't interested. They had other things that were taking their attention away. Mm-hmm. Hunger. Yes, sir. <laughs> Poverty, lack of opportunities in their lives. Right. And so as he continued to try to reach out to those who were on the streets and not seeing them in the chapel, in the churches— he said, well, we need to be out in the streets, you know, doing something for their real needs. Yeah. To express God's love as we know it is for all mankind, but in a real tangible way. Okay. And so that's what he began to do in his wife and his family. And then on, of course, it it, it did take on kind of a life of its own, and, and it left uh, the mission, the, the, the Methodist, you know, mission right uh, as it began right, and did spread all around the world, now in 133 countries. So we've wow. come far and wide. 133. Yes. Yeah, we're still growing. Still still some opportunities for, for new places. Right. Um, but again, it is, again, what comes uh, from, you know, experiencing God's love. Yeah. And knowing that we have an opportunity to share that. Mm-hmm. And so then that is expressed in all the services and all the things that we do. And certainly we even have church services as well. Yeah. <laughs> that we offer for folks. Yeah. But that's that's really what attracts us is... Believers and Christians, of course, that understand that God has a purpose for us here on mm-hmm. earth. And once we hear the voice of God speaking to our hearts, we respond to that. And sometimes it is in a ministry like this of the Salvation Army. We yeah. understand, of course, there are other ministries and sure. other opportunities. Yeah. And God calls, you know, people in different ways to different things. You know, there that's that was what I was going to say next. There's so many wonderful opportunities out there. Uh, man, you could just start naming them right off the top of your hands, but uh you guys, obviously, what you do has a significant impact on the world. It has had a, an impact on the world, and that's, of course, what we believe is God's result, you know, what God is doing yeah. amongst us. Yeah. Um, we've had wonderful opportunities, as far as the Salvation Army, not me personally, right, but, but right. all around the world, uh, to meet some of, the, some of the real needs. You think of even now, disasters that are happening in places not only here in the United States, but all around the world. And the Salvation Army tries to go and respond and help those who are in need. And again, not to say that we're doing this because we want to proselytize, you know, and get somebody into our church. Sure. But it is really an opportunity to express this is what God's love in action means. Mm -hmm. And we show up with food. We show up with something, you know, that that family may need. And then, yes, the opportunity for a conversation may happen. Certainly, there are those who would want to say, well, why are these people doing this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. And so we get an opportunity to respond. And this you know, this is an expression of God's love. All right. So the timing for this podcast couldn't be any better with the recent happenings of Hurricane Ian. All right. So I want to ask you, I want to propose the question. When this was coming, when it happened, how have you guys responded down in Florida? What, well, have, what have you done? One of the first things, of course, is that the Salvation Army already has personnel and equipment that is in all the areas and all the different regions that has been strategically placed okay. to be able to funnel that resource to those places in need. 
Right. So, for example, here in the Carolinas, there were a lot of us who were put on call. <laughs> right. And a lot of things that we had to gather and make sure, you know, we were ready to respond to wherever that need happens. Right. At first, of course, we didn't know exactly the path. And so we were, of course, all monitoring and figuring out where this was going to happen. But then what the Salvation Army leadership does, and they say, okay, we know where it has happened, where it has touched the neighborhoods and cities where, you know, this has happened. Right. And then they say, okay, we're going to deploy these people and these resources to get to those areas. So a lot of those uh, people have already been deployed. Okay. We have not yet. (laughs) Right. But it's not, um, as it happens many times, uh, for example, in flooding areas where there's a lot of flooding, it may be weeks before people are able to go back home. Sure. Clean up. So sometimes there's even two or three waves of personnel that needs to come in and out. Right. Because, of course, those that first may go and spend a week or two, yeah. it may not be enough. And, of course, we know human bodies have to rest. And Definitely. So Definitely. There are those of us then who are called upon to do that next wave or even third waves of, of people that go in to help. All right. And our initial response, of course, is to think of what do people need first, food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they're, they're out of their homes. A lot of them may have gone to shelters or may have been in places where they were during the storm. But now that they're trying to go back and to figure out what happens next, yes, they don't have a place to prepare a meal. Right, exactly. Once again today, folks, if you're just uh, joining us, we're talking with David Repass, a uh, Corps officer with the Salvation Army and uh, he's from the greater Hickory area, serving that area this way through the high country. And uh, I wanted, you know, I wanted to ask you, when, when I think of what just happened with Hurricane Ian, you know, you think of, there's so many great organizations that step up. I think of the Red Cross. I think sure. of Samaritan's Purse. Are, are you guys, are you aligned with those folks doing the same same thing? Yes. And uh, there is, of course, um Kind of a, a league, if you will, of all of us coming together. Okay. Uh, FEMA, of course, is is, is the government side, right? You know, the, exactly. The branch of the government that kind of comes in. And uh, many years ago, the army and all of these organizations realized that we don't want to be doing the same thing and certainly duplicating some of the efforts. Right. So there there were efforts uh, in early on to try to coordinate and try to sort of come together. Mm-hmm. And the volunteer organizations, active in disaster, is that kind of camaraderie of groups that right. all come together and we do we coordinate there's a lot of planning there's a lot of stuff that happens long before any storm or any event takes place sure sure so that there is that sense of coordination and who's going to be doing what right and that happens from the national level all through regional levels even on local levels where the army alongside with wonderful organizations that we do we always have had wonderful partnerships and i've always had great experiences working alongside them Right. Because, again, we want to make sure that the proper need is getting to those people that re- need to receive that. But it also is getting in a way that is more efficient. Right. So that we can say, okay, this area is taken care of. What can we do over here and try to make sure that it's it's equally balanced? I, I know, uh, I, again, you serve in the greater Hickory area, the Carolinas portion, up this way toward the high country. But let, let's keep our focus down in Florida just for a minute when this sure. all broke loose. What is the protocol? When something, okay, you know it's happening, and then it happens, and they get the call, and uh, that's, you okay over here? Was that yeah. your, that it might have been that door. Sorry. Did that door open up on you? No, no, I, I moved my leg and didn't realize I thought it, it might have, there's sorry. a little door down there. Um, sometimes sorry. it'll spring open. Um, but anyway, uh, when that happens like that, and all these wonderful, I call them companies, because they are these people that are together with the 
the Red Crosses, the Samaritan sure, Purses, sure. the Salvation Armies, whatever the case may be, they're on standby and they get the call. How soon, how quickly is that call made before they, you know, they show up on the scene? I mean, because the next thing you know, you're watching TV, you're watching the news footage, and there they are. Is it that quick? It is that quick because a lot of those, of course, are already locally present. Okay. There's a lot of personnel. There's a lot of people and equipment that is, again, already on the ground yes. even before any storm happens. Okay. And because, thinking of, of hurricanes especially or storms like that, where they can track where it's coming and what region it may touch. Okay. Then, again, there is a, an ability from us and, again, coordinating with other agencies as well, to sort of move then into that area what is going to be needed or is thought to be needed. Right. And then, yes, be able to literally from day one, hour one, yeah. be able to be present and, and responding. Fantastic. And and the need, you're there till the need is done, correct? It's just, a, I, I guess it's a, an assessment call or whatever from the officials that are in charge, FEMA and all those yes. wonderful, just, again, bukus of people that are involved. Okay. So shifting back to the Carolinas now, uh, I like your attire. You've come in here dressed up today. Is that a, is that an everyday attire? This is my everyday attire, and sometimes okay. my pajamas as well. <laughs> okay. For folks that can't see David, of course, he's got his coat and tie and his uh, insignias here with uh, the Salvation Army and a very nice little tie as well. So um, what's a typical day in Hickory in this area? What, what do you ever see day to day? Well, we have, of course, a lot of different things that Salvation Army is doing. Okay. Uh, we have, for example, our... Uh, Shelter, that is one of our housing programs. We actually have a two-prong effort mm-hmm. uh, because one thing is obviously people there are finding themselves, for whatever reason, on the street and want to try to rebuild their lives, want to try to take some steps towards independence. Right. We want to get them off the street, obviously, and have a place for them to be safe. If they have family, obviously, they can come together um, and be able to be fed and be able to have some case management that will help them to see, well, what are, you know, some of the steps that we need to take mm-hmm. to move forward? Right. So that was established many, many years ago. But then the Army realized that there are some folks that require, because of a lot of things that they're facing, additional steps that are really taking a lot longer than just what we would say is maybe those initial, you know, two, three weeks, yeah. a month of time that they may be able to stay at the shelter and work through some of those questions. Right. Again, for those individuals... Uh, the the army realized we need something that is a lot more long term. Okay, and not that they would need the exact same kind of service, meaning close monitoring. You know, figuring out one day at a time what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But over the span of months, what you know, an individual can say, okay, before I'm able to be completely independent and on my own and self sufficient, I need to be able to do this. I need to be able to not only have the income but maintain that and be able to garner some savings. Maybe there are some things that they need to work through as far as debt repayments and other things. Sure. You know, transportation questions. I mean, a lot of things, again, that don't quickly or immediately get addressed. All right. So the Army established what we call a transitional housing. Okay. So that uh, that individual then that may come off the street or from, you know, a situation before where they were homeless and saying, okay, I've, uh, I've been able to figure out, you know, what I'm facing as far as, you know, the roadmap. Right. And how long it will take. And then, again, working through those steps. So we do have a transitional housing program that allows those individuals then to say, okay, I'm on this trajectory, and I'm trying to move forward. And it may take, again, a few months to do that. And so we will work along them, alongside them 
to make sure that they stay on their path and that they have the support. And we do, of course, work with a lot of other agencies there in the Hickory area Yes, uh, to make sure that, again, that whatever that person needs, they can avail, they can you know, find the, the resources so that they can continue moving forward. Right. Because you can imagine that some of the individuals that may find themselves, again, in a, in a dire situation, at first may not know what to do. Right, exactly. They really say, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Right, right. But once they take some of those steps, there are then sometimes, you know, a little bit of wrinkles, you know, that, that happen. Uh, things that, uh, you know, unbeknownst to all of us, you know, may, may just creep up. Right. So, again, rather than derail the whole plan mm-hmm. and starting from square one, we want to say, okay, we're going to stand with that person and continue, again, not on a daily basis, but certainly a weekly basis to, to monitor where they're at, monitor what's going on, and being able to, to, to help them move forward. Interesting. I was just curious. I know uh, a lot of thoughts popped in my head there as you were talking. I'm, I'm sure you've seen success stories from people that have come in and have made themselves, made their lives better and gone on to good things, sure. you know, better things, or maybe it's even fair to say greater things. Sure, sure. But um, what's a typical, well, maybe you can't answer that as far as being typical, but uh, somebody that comes to you with nothing, how, how long will you ride with them? How, how long will you help them? Well, again, we, we certainly try to tailor to that particular situation, that particular person's okay. need. So, again, no uh, you know, no two cases are the same. Absolutely. And, again, the, the, the leaders there at, at the housing programs will deal individually with that family or that person to try to figure out where they are, where they're coming from in terms of their situation, and then what to do, you know, where to move forward. Right. One of the critical pieces, of course, <laughs> and it goes without saying, but... Uh, there has to be, you know, a, an investment on their part. Sure, has to People be an internal drive. Yeah, they, they they have to buy into that, realizing again that we can help, and again, all all the community wants to stand with them and help them through all of the steps that they need to take. But it's not going to happen if they're not willing to make it work and, and and move forward. Right. So once they take on that challenge, then yes, we can map out. Okay, what's going to happen initially? Again, as they are in the shelter. Right. And then if they need to move towards the transitional housing, uh, being able to move forward then. But this trajectory, again, could be a number of months. Yeah. We've had people that even have close to a year that, you know, we've, we've worked with. Sure. Because, again, the, the, the end result is what we're after, making sure that that person can confidently move then into that more independent, self-sufficient lifestyle. Right. And not the, be wondering, okay, <laughs> am I going to be able to make it, you know, that they already know, you know, they're on that right path. So, for example, we have seen people that come to us and don't have anything. They don't have basically but clothes on their back. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we've been able then to couple with, again, other agencies that we work with, all the resources that they need. And they've been able then to move into their own, uh, you know, housing, you know, that, that is paid by them, that they're self-supporting. Right. They've kept the job and they've even provided for themselves and know that with a little bit of savings, you know, they now are going to be on, on, on a very different footing. Right. Not to say that there are not going to be storms ahead, of sure, course. Sure, <laughs> No pun intended. Right. Uh, <laughs> the, idea that, um, the idea that, you know, we have been able to move them further along in the pathway. Yeah, exactly. And then they can continue on, obviously. And we want to make sure that that family or that individual 
uh, is able then to, you know, know what to do as, as the next chapters happen. All right. Once again, today we're chatting with David Repass, a uh, Corps officer here with the Salvation Army from the uh, Hickory area and, of course, serving here in the high country. We're going to get to the uh, Ash store in just a minute. A couple more thoughts for sure. you. Um, you mentioned the shelter. You mentioned it a couple of times. Where is the shelter? In Hickory. It's right in on, Hickory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on Third Avenue, right off of Lenore Rhine okay. Boulevard. So okay. we're right there, and actually, it's in the same area where we have our chapel. We have also another family store there, and we have what we call a crisis center as well. Okay, this is an office where, again, folks that may not be homeless yet, may not be in that situation, but before it gets too bad, right? They're finding it difficult to make ends meet. Uh, they can come, and again, we try to provide some of the things that they need. Food, obviously, some of the things, you know, they, the family may not be able to purchase on their own, clothing, some of the uh, household goods, you know, that they may need. And, yes, even the financial support for them if they're not able to pay the rent, if they got behind on a utility bill or something. Sure. You know? So there are a lot of things that may face, a again, a, a family that before it gets to the point where that's it, you know, they're on the street. Right. We want to try to prevent that. And even then, we have sort of a, a, a true two-pronged effort as well because after that initial assessment is made, we may then offer, if that family is willing and certainly seeing the need for, for themselves, to go on what we call a pathway of hope. Okay. To be able to say, okay, for the next several months, we want to continue to check in and work with that family to move forward again so that they are taking steps, just like we would with those families that come to us from a homeless situation. Right. But to say, okay, before it gets too bad, before you're derailed by any situation that comes ahead what are the things and steps that we need to uh, help you you know make sure you're taking as the next several months go by we work with those families as well for the number of period a period of several months so that they can maintain the pathway that they're on and be able then to to sort of get ahead okay good deal one more question for you and then i'll we'll uh, say again to the store up here yes w- w- wouldn't you agree that you're seeing or hearing you may be seeing as well. Mental health is huge now. There's more emphasis on mental health. Some of those, some of those uh, issues you could be facing with helping people for longer periods of time. Would that be the case in your situation where you see some of that? Yes, very much. And it's something that, of course, I don't know. Is it's it's new? Uh, maybe we're recognizing it more than ever before. Right. But it is something that definitely, of course affects any person it does none of none of us are above right um and 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 the reality that some of those folks again may not have ever been able to the point of recognize that for themselves right and where to go and what to do and how to address this again if they're you know out just trying to find where's my next meal going to come exactly (laughs) i mean that's that's a challenge in more than one way right very much so just but only not only feeding your belly but also it's a mental challenge yeah so it's I just wanted to ask you that in a general text, general context there, because it's more prevalent now. You see it everywhere. People talking about it, athletes, whatever the case may be. And I think it's a good thing. It is. I think it's good for people to draw that out and recognize it. And, you know, if they've got an issue, then work on it. And I think one of the sad stigmas that comes with that is that people don't want to recognize it, don't want to call attention to it, right. don't want to say, oh, I'm, you know, in that situation. Right. When... If you're, you know, if your head hurts or if you have a problem with your leg, we'd go to the doctor. We wouldn't right. even second guess that. Yeah, you know? exactly. So why not have, if there is certainly a, an emotional, a mental issue that, that, that you know, is, is evident, why not have that same response and say, hey, I'm going to find the help that I need. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with saying that's what I need. Just again, if 
you have an issue, you know, physically speaking, we don't question why somebody would go to the doctor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's a, a well taken point there. I just think there's there's more of that going on. Hmm. And uh, well, anyway, that's another discussion for another time. But anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you in a general sure. sense here. All right, now I want to segue into the uh, Ash County, the West Jefferson store here, and now it's in Jefferson. But yes. uh, <laughs> you guys, well, first and foremost, I, I know firsthand because we know them, they do a wonderful, wonderful job here in our county, the Salvation Army folks do. And I want you to brag on them a little bit and, and uh, you know, let folks know about kind of what they do here. Well, sure, it is a wonderful team. I've been glad to get to know them now and last few months that we've been here right uh they do yes a marvelous job uh it is something that we consider more than just of course it's not just a family store where you can come and buy items yeah it is something that we do offer to the folks that want to say hey where's a bargain that i can <laughs> sure get something cheap um again it does provide the funds then through those sales mm-hmm. that are what we use then to help families in this area we right. want to be able to have this opportunity with other agencies again and a lot of other churches I know that do some help in this area. But it certainly doesn't seem quite like it's ever enough. <laughs> right, exactly. The need is always there, always present. Right. Um, it's interesting. Uh, we, we use this phrase a lot because Jesus said it. You know, you will have the poor with you always. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and there is some opportunity for us to serve those who are less fortunate. Mm-hmm. So, again, the store there certainly is in, in, in that capacity, again, making the sales so that we have funds that we can literally put back into the community. Right. And helping those individuals that are down and out, that are in, in difficult times. So the, do those funds, do, do all of them stay here, a portion of them? How does that work? A majority of that stays here. Okay. Some of it, for example, as I mentioned, the, the shelter you know program that we have in Hickory, yeah. that is actually open to anyone in any county. Around. Okay. So we're not limiting that certainly to folks who may find themselves in Hickory. Right. But if somebody here... If they're needing to avail themselves with that kind of help, obviously we'll make that connection for them. Right. So again, it is certainly a, a program that benefits any individual that is in all of the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. So again, there are some of those funds like that that, that we do funnel to help yeah. uh, the shelter program. But again, the vast, I want to say the last figure was 87% of it remains then okay. for what is happening here. Yeah, that, that, and that's, that's what I was, that's what I wanted to know. A lot of folks, uh, they, they like to know that here, you know, we, Tight-knit community, just like sure. Sure, in other communities. Sure. Same deal. They want to know, uh, hey, if I go in there, if I do this and donate, or if I buy this, where is that money going? It's a big deal. So so thank you for clarifying. So, uh, you know, in all honesty, uh, a lot of folks may have the, the stigma or the impression that, well, they're cleaning their house, getting rid of stuff. I'm going I'm to take it and drop it at, you know, your organization, or there's another one in the county, and uh, – I mean, that's all well and good, but but there's more to it than that, right? Yes. Well, one of the things is, of course, we appreciate those who are contributing and providing the items that are, that are, that are being brought to the store to but be the, sold. But, but the long and short of it is you're helping, you, there's an opportunity to help someone else down on the other end or the top or the bottom or the side or whatever. You know, uh, it's just... I don't know. It's a warm, fuzzy feeling that you're helping somebody. That's what I. Maybe that's not the great choice of words. No, no, but, yes. But if I'm if I'm donating something that I feel like is worthy and I need to get rid of it out of my house or whatever, and then somebody comes in two days later and buys it that can help them or benefit them, I mean that's somewhat of a win-win, right? It is a win-win, and again, the idea that 
I may not use it anymore, and so I'm, I'm going to you know, donate it to the Salvation Army or to somebody else. Sure. Um, again, somebody may be purchasing it that does need it right. and can't go down to another store and buy you know, a, a $20 shirt, but here right. at the Salvation Army for 2 bucks, you know, you can get the same thing. Yeah. Um, again, it benefits them. And again, the added benefit or the double blessing would be that, again, the funds that are then used when they're being purchased um, – then those are funds, again, that we're able to also help uh, folks in the community. Right. So in a sense, the donation that comes to a store is something that somebody is going to be able to purchase and receive as a blessing for them. Mm-hmm. But also, again, the, the the money that is generated then, of course, that is going to be reinvested back into the community as well. All right. Good deal. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, we're coming into the fourth quarter here where <laughs> it's holiday time. Oh, yes. And I know you guys do a lot of things uh, for a lot of people. Could you touch on uh, what's going on this quarter, this this fourth quarter this year? Is there, you got anything new, or is it will it still be? Uh, I, I'm thinking of like I don't know the Christmas trees and picking names for people to help and that type thing. Yes, it is certainly something that we continue to do every year, right? And again, alongside with other organizations, we recognize again that there's a lot of efforts, even a lot of churches, yeah, that want to you know to try to help individuals uh, that are in need. We think, especially again in Christmas time. You know, the children of these families that may not have something, you know, special unless somebody provides for them. And they're the innocent ones, of course. You know, they don't have, (laughs) they don't have a a way of determining where, where they're living or, you know, what situation they may be in. Sure. So we certainly want to step in and try to provide for them. We also, of course, understand that again, many people don't, you know, necessarily want to think about, okay, what am I going to do in the next two months? Because yeah. they don't know in the next month they may lose their job. Exactly. So some things like that that may happen that, again, we want to make sure that people that are able to uh, come either to us or to another agency to, to, to get the help, they, they can do this. Mm-hmm. And, again, we work alongside with a lot of the other groups to make sure that whomever is receiving the help receives it right. in, in, in the best way. And that there are no persons then that are left behind or no families that are not, you know, not taken care of. Okay. So we try to make sure that, that that's covered. Uh, again, the, the idea that simply, you know, folk can say, well, I don't, I don't know where to go. I don't know where, you know, what to do. Right. They can come right to the Salvation Army store. They'll have the information there. They'll, they'll connect them with the right, uh, right group. And again, if it's something that we can do, we will definitely provide and step in. Uh, the, the, the angel tree is what we call it. When yes. They can go and, and pick up the items for, for someone. I think that's a very special thing. And the Army yep. really, I don't know if they invented this, but they sort of really brought this idea out. Right. That there may be individuals and families. That's the best one for me to think that a family with children who uh, who could go and say, okay, here's a, a seven-year-old boy, you know, that they find on this tree and some of the things maybe that they that they need. You know, that seven-year-old kid, you know, can go and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a toy. I'm going to buy something that this other kid, just like me, can enjoy. Right. So that there's a connection there that goes just beyond just getting some something for someone that I never know or don't know their situation, don't know them personally. But if there is a little bit of a connection that that family can make, here's a little girl, you know, they're 10 years old. They know what they like. Yeah. And they can get those items and say, I'm going to bless somebody else, another little girl, 10 years old, right. that will be able to enjoy these things as well. So that there's a kind of a, a, a little a little stronger connection with what they're doing and, and trying to help somebody else. Fantastic. Well said. I want, I want to give you a chance to, to conclude here. I, I want to ask you uh, one last question. 
the Salvation Army, as you say, continues to grow. Are there opportunities for people that may be hearing this today to come and grow with your company? Absolutely. We're definitely looking for, number one, anybody who wants to volunteer. <laughs> Absolutely. We always uh, are you know, accepting those folks that may want to come alongside. And some may say, well, I don't really know what to do, or I'm not sure you know, how much time I would be able to. We'll find something for you to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> we have many opportunities, even here, of course, just in this area in, right. in West Jefferson. So that would be one thing that I would certainly want to make sure people know. that Again, they can always come to the Army to try uh, to be able to, to help us in this effort. But there are those, of course, who are looking for employment. Yeah. We have many opportunities, again, in this area as well in other counties that we're serving. Okay. Um, a lot of things that, again, would not happen. I certainly am not in every county, and I can't, you know, yeah. duplicate myself. Right. Uh, but again, my wife and I are, are wonderfully, uh, uh, you know, surrounded by a great team. Yeah. And folks that want to do something good for the community, that want to make a difference. And I think that's one of the things that we, you know, if you're thinking of a career or thinking of what am I going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can, you know, amass a fortune. You can try to become famous or whatever. Sure. But what is the difference that you've made? In the lives of other people. Right, exactly. And if God has set us here on earth to do anything, it is certainly to be a blessing to one another. Well said. So yeah. we can, in some way, through, of course, the work that the Salvation Army is doing, be able to do that, to be able to affect the, the lives of people around us. And in some ways, maybe that we will not ever know on this side of the pearly gates. <laughs> yes, yeah. But then, yes, of course, realize that, again, God certainly has placed us together to do this. All right. Sounds good, uh, Mr. Repass. I want to go ahead and wrap up here today. Uh, if folks would like to get in touch with you, do you suggest, what do they do? they contact you in Hickory, or should they go through the West, the uh, Jefferson store here? The Jefferson store is, is the best one since it's locally, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and they would, of course, have all the information. If there's other resources that are necessary, they'll, they'll be in touch with them, too, to make sure that they get connected, yes. All right. Well, listen, I've enjoyed our time here today, and I uh, appreciate you making the short drive. You picked a great day to drive up, by the way, and hope you you. have a nice return trip. But uh, don't be a stranger. Come back anytime and see us. We'd like to get you on. uh, Maybe we'll have you on our regular uh, happy time show sometime in the mornings. Wonderful, wonderful. We'll we'll set that up and uh, let our normal everyday audience that doesn't that do not listen to podcasts maybe listen to the radio or whatever. Vice versa, they can find out more about you. But uh, that'd be great. Thank you for being here today and uh, sharing some good news. We appreciate you. Have a nice day, okay? You too. God bless. Thank you.